Ooh, we have intro music now. Ooh. Ooh no more skippy diddly deeting. And no awkward moment for me not knowing what to do next. Yes. Uh, you know, ever since the rebranding, we really haven't known what to do with the with the music. You, usually we provide our own skippy diddly deeting and all and we had like a little good thing, like a rapport going, like a little um, uh, a routine that we would do. And then when we changed from the review podcast to How Scary Is It, we were a little lost. So it's nice to have some intro music now. Finally. Yeah. For the love Fine. of God. We've been Finally. About it. We've been talking about it since. I'm glad we didn't put the money in <clears throat> while we were the review. I know. I was thinking the same thing. Like, <laughs> okay, so... Um, we ended, we got ourselves a a little uh intro music a little uh uh intro uh, music from I went on uh, a website that you could hire a freelance musician to to make your intro music for you so um Kaz Creative Arts thank you so much I communicated with George <laughs> George uh, made us a very nice intro music from Kaz Creative Arts uh they do not charge that much, so if you are interested in getting your own, you can go check them out, and hopefully they will get you what you need. They got us what we need. Like full, almost- full transparency, as of this recording, we haven't gotten it yet. <laughs> I have no idea what it sounds like. But it probably sounds cool. Yeah, I'm going to bet it sounds cool, and I'm going to wait to edit this until we get it so that this is the first podcast with the intro music. Um. Anyway... Welcome to the How Scary Is It podcast with Anthony. And Brie. Hi, I'm Anthony. And I'm Brie. <laughs> and here we are once again at the end of January reviewing a new horror flick for everybody. Yeah, we went and saw Megan. M-E, no, m 3 Gan. m 3 Gan. m 3 Gan. And we'll get into that a little bit um, later on, but we're going to just shoot the shit right now so yeah and just so everyone's aware you know if you're new to the podcast and everything since the rebranding like we did the review podcast last year we did a bunch of random movies some most horror some not horror but generally our conversations do get into spoiler territory so if and and this is a relatively new film i think by the time this comes out we're recording this on the weekend that megan came out but if I, uh, it's a generally new horror movie that's out. So if you haven't gotten a chance to see it, um, I would suggest waiting to listen to the rest of the podcast, especially after the first like 20 or so minutes where we BS our way through. And then uh, we're going to get into some spoilerish territory. So if you haven't seen the movie, our suggestion here at How turn, Scary turn it off it, now. Turn this thing off. Go watch the movie. Come back and listen to it because we, we are going to talk spoilers here. And then we'll give you another warning. Once we actually get into it. Yeah. So, hi, Brie. Hi. How are you? I'm doing good because um, my wonderful husband let me get Chinese food for dinner tonight. Oh, please don't say my wonderful husband let me get this. (laughs) You are free to get your Chinese food. I just said I would also like Chinese food. I said, that sounds good to me. Well, no, because it was like, what do you want for dinner tonight? Well, we took out chicken. It's in the fridge. But let's go. His first idea was to pick up portillo's on our way home but then i was like keep in mind for people not from illinois it's delicious portillo's food. is a like a hamburger hot dog place and i forget who brought up chinese i think you did you said something about 
orange chicken. Oh, yes. We were walking in the mall. I said, oh, I'm in the mood for orange chicken. And you said, yeah, Panda Express. Or we could go to the Chinese place by us. And I am much like a creature of habit. This is my new place. Mm-hmm. I will not get I will not get food from anywhere else. I um, feel so. Do you think that they make a lot of money? No. No, I felt like that, too. It's a very like. Well, there's like three other Chinese places within like a oh, half mile there? radius. Yes, there's oh, I didn't know that. the walk, too. That's over by. Careful. The bar over there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then there is the other the cafe one mm-hmm. that's like right by the jewel and then this one's across the street from the jewel so that's like right there and then there's one that's like a little like a half mile down the road oh okay so i didn't know that you got you got options i wouldn't go to the the walk too um just because it got closed down by the health department like oh similarly ago. to when i used to live like deep in the city um, there's this place in the uh, neighboring area called uh, Wing Yip, and I, we loved Wing Yip. We always got our Chinese food from Wing Yip, and all of a sudden we see on this on the door there's a sign from the health department that they're closed, like out of the blue. I said, "Man, what was I eating in there?" I don't care. <laughs> I didn't care because it was good. Um, this this Chinese food's really good. I won't go to the other two places that are like close. Remember when we went to the um, in the north side of the city? We went to this like beer festival with my brother yes <laughs> and then we went to wing yip afterwards and i threw up <laughs> in, in front of the police <laughs> they didn't do anything no that was a fun that uh, was like a bonding experience with like your brother and his wife and that was a, that was a fun you. time i don't we don't normally drink i was still in my beer drinking phase at that point i was like well, we i don't like normally i don't i didn't drink beer at all well we don't drink well okay so let's transport back five years or so coming out of college well, i've never been a big drinker you've never been a big drinker let alone a beer drinker i got into drinking beer when i lived at the fraternity house because it was like the cheapest option of what um and i was of age come on and um then i stopped uh like a year after i left college but in that one year that i was because, out of college because everyone he kept complaining about how bloated he was getting yeah and he's like, I think I've got to stop drinking beer. I thought it was the beer. It so, was. Well, that it, was. It was. It I, was that milk and cheese. I think I stopped drinking beer in like May of 2019, and then I went on a, I went almost to like a keto type diet um, that summer, and I did end up losing like a significant amount of fat on me. I, I'm always, I've always been skinny, but skinny fat you he know? got like this complex about i have a tummy now i have a I tummy now i gotta quit beer because i got a tummy now i saw a picture of me in front of a baseball field <laughs> and <laughs> it did not it was not flattering <laughs> so um yeah yeah i stopped drinking beer but we i've never been like a craft beer person Oh, but his brother is a huge and his and his brother and his wife are huge like craft beer drinkers I'm like that's not us but like we'll hang out with you and of course like we have like this we had like tokens or something you got so many yeah you pay five dollars you get like three tokens or something and so of course i was like gonna get a drink because like i'm not gonna like have these tokens and not like get a drink mm-hmm. so because you pay to get into the place some of that stuff was disgusting I, I my liked, brother was like here you got to try this this is like the stout or something there was like Ugh. a rose beer like it was beer but it was like rose mm-hmm. something i drank like 
a bunch of those. I think and I had like it. a cider. I, I was drinking like a Pilsner and then a cider and I couldn't remember what was going on. We were pretty, we were pretty lit. But well, we, we, we that was old fun. Anthony and Brie. That, current Anthony and Brie, like we don't even drink anymore. No, we're, <laughs> we're, we're to bed by like nine o'clock. And even at my wedding, I was like, I'm not really drinking. I was just mingling the entire no, time. That wasn't me. Yeah, you were. <laughs> Every, my coworker said, you look like you were having a great time. And I, I did. Well, I just told one of my coworkers the other day that was there. I was like, um, we, we were at a professional development at That's school. That's not like my normal, though. Like we, we were at a professional development at school for coming back from uh, Christmas break. And there was one thing where they're like, oh, wear comfortable clothes. And one of the teachers that was leading it also leads like the dance club. And he goes, I think we're going to do dance. I'm like, you were at the wedding. I don't dance. I was the mingler. She was the dancer. <laughs> <laughs> I I never left the dance floor. You were on there for the entire jumping. And I was in like a like a ball gown, like princess ball gown. And I was jumping and just having the, t- the time of my life. And it was to this day, like probably the best day of my life. And it probably will only be topped by like the day we have children. Mm hmm. And I'll and I'll be like the new best day of my life. Yeah, how personal do you want to get on the podcast? Um, Not okay. that personal. <laughs> <laughs> we we recently talked about when we would start a family, and that was our whole conversation. Our car ride to see Megan. <laughs> yeah, we were like talking about it because we're only recently married, and we wanted to spend some time together. I mean, we've been together. This is year eight. Like, we yeah, are, we are going into year eight of being together. We'll be t- eight, together eight years in we've, October. We've, so we've been together for a very long time. But what people have to understand is for three years of that relationship, three of the eight years, we were in college. Like, And we were for one year of that relationship. Well, for one semester, we were both student teaching and we, were, and we were, lived in different areas. And then... For a year after that, we lived we apart lived on completely different sides of the state. From see, the thing we've only been living together less than four, like four years, mm-hmm. and like we want to enjoy each other a little bit before we start a family. Our our conversations have been, and we discussed this on the car ride to see the movie, where we we had kind of an honest conversation about it. Do we? Is it that we don't want kids? in general or is it we don't want kids now now yeah is it does our opinion fluctuate from time to time like sometimes we feel ready sometimes we don't feel ready right now neither of us feel ready but i think we we came to the decision where we had to be honest with ourselves and say like look i think both of us deep down want to be parents at one point just not right now and like my want changes depending on like how recently I spent around a child. Yes. Like when we were at Disney, it was like, I, I do not know why people have these things. But then I'm like, I hang out <laughs> with my nephews and I'm like, I could see why people have these things. Like I love my nephews to death. I love my niece to death. Um, my One of my close friends is pregnant right now. And when I hung out with her, I was like, I, I want to have kids too. I want like I want my kids to grow up with kids that are like very close in age to them. But it's hard. Everyone's on different life paths. That's that's the tricky thing is like I would also in a perfect world 
you know, I went to the high school that I teach at. All of my, most of my close friends also went to high school with me. And we've always said, like, in a perfect world, all of our kids go to school together, too. But we're all in different wavelengths of life. And the more I think about, like, that version of reality is, like, it's not going to happen, probably. (laughs) Um, I don't know. You never know what happens. But for everyone to be the same age, everyone's kids to be the same age as one another. I think... um your brother and his wife's next cut child might be our child's age. If they have another child. We don't know. They probably will. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We watched Does that he Abbott, want not want a son? <laughs> we watched an Abbott Elementary episode with podcasting. <laughs> it was like they called us out. They're like, please don't start a podcast. <laughs> um, but I just... I guess... It's it's hard for us to make decisions like this because being a teacher and I'm giving everyone a kind of a glimpse into the life. It's a profession that is ma- predominantly women and there is no maternity leave. Mm-hmm. There's no maternity leave. You have to take FMLA. Yeah. Which you take home. Not. You don't <laughs> get paid. <laughs> you know, right. Or you can do short term disability. And also get like half pay. So like there is no like good time to ha- like to have a baby um, mm-hmm. when you're a teacher. And it's just you can't plan. Sometimes like, yes, you can try for a baby and plan for a baby, but not it's not always going to work out the way you want it. Like how often do people get pregnant like the first time they try? Or like when they actually are trying, like they mean to try right here. We were there. thinking about that too. We were, we've been, I hate thinking about this in terms of my life, but one of, we've been recently rewatching How I Met Your Mother. And this is a show that like I watched when I was in high school, M- me and my best man like kind of bonded over the show in high school. Like it's an important show in my life. And I am revisiting the show for the first time since um, since high school, since I watched it in high school. And I was just telling him today, we went to the movie with him. I was like, it's so interesting to watch this again at a completely different part of my life. Because while I felt like I was maybe identifying with Ted maybe in my first viewing, now I feel like we're like Marshall and Lily. We're Jason Siegel and Allison Hannigan's characters. Although I'm Lily and you're Marshall. <laughs> but um, we're in the season where they're considering having kids and like there's a big plot point in which they are struggling to. And nothing is wrong with kid. either and, of them. Yeah. And it takes time. And I started thinking about, man, I didn't even consider like that I, there could be issues. I'm like that has always been in my like the forefront of my mind because, you know, you think about it. It's like you're not going to even if. Both of you are fine. It could be difficult to conceive. God forbid one of us is like not infertile, but like has something like a a lower percentage of like an egg coming out or a lower percentage of, you know, be a million. Yeah. Something else. It's like not only is it hard to conceive, but now it's hard to conceive, like harder to conceive. And. We've talked about it. If it's if it doesn't happen, then it's not meant to be. 
We need to do something like Marshall and Lily did on How I Met Your Mother, where it's like the universe is telling us that it's time. Like, what could happen? And this is not something we have to decide on <laughs> Mike, but it's like, if we think about it, like, what could happen where it's the universe gives us that sign? Like, we'll really have to sit down and think about it. Like, when this happens, then it's time to it's start time. trying. Yeah. I used to think... Well, well, the p- characters in How I Met Your Mother are like in their thirties. No, the, I think they are thirty in the season. They we start when Ted and everybody, Ted, Marshall, and Lily are thirty or twenty six. I think twenty six or twenty seven. So like, yeah. our current age. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's. And it's, there may be like thirty one or thirty two at the season that we're in right now. It's like. It just gets harder to conceive mm-hmm. the older you get. Yeah. Ba- babies are are frightening, but I'm I I feel like I will be ready when I'm ready. I'm like I told told him today I was like I'm ready now. I was like, but who knows in 2 days from now if I'll be ready now. But I've always heard from parents that say like you're never really ready. You oh, just do it. I know my my parents said if you wait till you're ready, you'll never do anything. Yeah, that they said that the same as we were, like thinking about buying a house, and we're like, oh, we don't know if we're ready. And my mom said, if you wait until you're ready, you'll never do it. Just go and go and get a house. And now we own a house. So by that logic, my mom has been right 100 percent of the time. Hmm. <laughs> My dad called me today. Freaked me out. Yeah, you were like really concerned. You're like, my dad I know, because my mo- no, my mom texted me earlier today how she was fluid in a lung and not feeling well. So when my dad called me, I'm like, oh my god, what's going on? And he was just saying thank you for. I bought my dad a high beam flashlight for Christmas, and it didn't work. So I had to to return it and buy him another high beam flashlight, and he got it today. And he said, whatever you spent more tell me and i'll pay you back and i was like dad no i did have to spend like 15 dollars more on a new flashlight yeah because it was either that or the high beam flashlight that i already bought him you should have gotten taking- the flashlight flashlight they gave me for christmas or you could have given him the extra one it came with two no that one's mine oh okay jerk all right try to give away my that, flashlight. that flashlight is so bright i feel like because we live on like a hill and our backyard overlooks this like old, these old people's house and they always stare at us and stuff and gosh they're so nosy but it's <laughs> a story for another time i feel like i'm shining the light into their house sometimes <laughs> i was like I take the these dog old out. people we better get out of here before we have kids because they're gonna be so nosy oh my god i saw the old woman that lives across from us i was taking kaido out to pee and i take him out on a leash so that he doesn't like and she get asked distracted. me why one time he doesn't get distracted i keep him by the tree i don't even take him anywhere near where their yard is and I saw her staring at me through her window. It was like the creepiest thing in the world. And we locked eyes. And I was like, yeah, she knew I was, I saw her. (laughs) (laughs) She asked me one time, she's like, can I just ask why? And we're nice. Yeah. She's like, can I just ask why the leash? And I explained to her, I said, my dog, we're training the dog to associate the leash with going to the bathroom. Yes. So that when he goes out without the leash, it's playtime. But when he goes outside with the leash on, he knows it's time to use the toilet. Mm-hmm. It's for us. 
And for him, so he's and not confused. I, I've currently been training him to forego the leash and just go outside and do his business, you know. But so, we have to reinforce that leash thing. I take him on the leash when it's like time contingent. When it's like I in the mornings, like when I take him out before we go to work, it's like I need I I can't have I can't spend time chasing the dog around around the the lawn, you know. So he's got to be on the leash so that he knows. Like you got a couple minutes, dude, and then we gotta go. Yeah. But they are so nosy. They're very nice oh, occasionally. Yeah. They but are, they're <laughs> nice people. I just, I don't think we are what they wanted. You know what I mean? I don't care. Do I care? <laughs> well, no, I don't care either. I just think that we are not what they wanted as neighbors. We're kind of like reclusive. We don't talk to like anybody. No. I'm it's because nobody's like our age. Everyone's no one's our older. age. Like our neighbors have children. And maybe if we had children, maybe we get like we would hang out more with people in the neighborhood, but we don't have a kid. I think both of us were also the kind of people where it, it takes us a while to warm up to uh, strangers. You know what I mean? Like, And we both work like all year round. So it's so hard to make friends when everyone else doesn't get up. Well, and I know our neighbor, we found out a couple months ago, like our neighbor and his wife, they work from home. So, and like they used to be teachers. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's hard because everyone else gets up at like seven o'clock and we've already left. Yeah. Like yeah. we're like the only ones pulling out of driveways at that, oh, 6 a.m. Now that you mention it. Like yeah. we're the only ones yeah, away. We are the only ones like going to work. And you you don't experience this because you've never done like because I I start later than you mm -hmm. like in the school year. So, like, I see that people are up and moving around, though, at, like, 7 o'clock. And that's when people are going to work. And, like, we miss out. They probably work very close to where they live. And we work very far from where we live. I just, sometimes I'm like, I would love to get to know people in the neighborhood. But I can't. Our, the next place we live, because this is not, we've always said this is the place we're living now. The neighborhood that we're living now is not our forever place. It's not our forever I home. would like to live in a neighborhood with a with younger families as our mm -hmm. next place i would love to live with you where your brother lives but we can't with our current jobs can't afford anything <laughs> no no we can afford the houses out there they're not expensive oh with our current jobs like yeah there's no way we'd be no, able to make we that commute i would be in over an hour for both of us so yeah it wouldn't, it wouldn't be practical no it'd be longer than it'd be like two hours with traffic and everything yeah it'd be a nightmare yeah well you know what i'm happy I'm jubilant being where I am. But if we do right decide now. to have children, maybe this is like the best area for us because then we do have childcare. Yes. Um, Thank you, mommy. Yeah, we live really close to my parents. Um, sorry, I gotta, I've got a parlay in right now and I'm trying to check where we're at. Oh, we're doing well. Oh, oh, Brie, I'm about to hit real big. <laughs> Real big last regular, uh, we're recording this in the last regular season week of football, and I, I'm about to hit very big, so it's very nice, very nice. And when I say very big, I'm not talking like ten thousand dollars, that's very big, I'm talking like a couple hundred, but huge, big, huge. All right, Brie, why don't we, you ready to get into it? Ready to I do am. this thing? I did like dip my phone in like something. You dipped your phone in something? No, I feel like I think I like set it down and like something. 
I don't know what you're talking serious about. Serious goo. I gotta clean my phone case. That's what oh. I'm saying. And my phone. <laughs> you said I dipped my phone in. Well, it some... looks like sticky and gross. Did you put it in? I don't know. I'm like, it's, it seems like I put it in the orange chicken, but I didn't place it anywhere where the orange chicken she was. She just sniffed the phone case. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get into this. All right, so we're about to get into spoiler territory. If M3-gan. you have not seen M3 Gin, then uh, pause now, go to the movie theater, buy your ticket for M3 Gin, sit for an hour and 49 minutes, and uh, enjoy yourself. Enjoy yeah, your maybe concessions. Maybe get yourself like a popcorn. Yeah. Remember, that's how that's the bulk of a movie theater's money is the popcorn. So well, my mom candy. was just complaining about that because she went. She and my stepdad went to go see Avatar, and it's like a three-hour movie. And she's like, "I bought a beer. We bought a beer, a glass of wine. It was like twenty-four dollars. No, uh, they said it was like thirty-something dollars. Thirty-something. And the I be- said, the wine was like twenty-four dollars, and the beer was nine. Yeah, I said." Well, that's how the movie theaters make their money. It's like, keep our movie theaters in business. Thank you. But uh, yeah, enjoy yourself. Enjoy the movie. And um, I'll try not to let some of these like people in the movie theater that talk over horror films disrupt your uh, viewing of this movie. But uh, yeah, we are going to get into it in three, two, skidoo. one. Skidoo. All right, Brie. We watched 2023's M. Thregan, also known as Megan. 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 <laughs> um, okay, so I've got a little IMDb uh, facts for us so that we can um, all be on the same page. I'm trying to open it up. First of all, Brie, I want to talk, even before we get into this movie, I mentioned theater crowds. And we kind of talked about this a few months ago when we saw Smile in theaters. And I feel like every time we go see a horror movie in theaters, we always have some sort of disruption. I mean, people have, since coming back from the pandemic, forgotten how to act. They had a pocket, not remembering that you're not in your living room like everyone else can hear you. We often, as teachers, we talk about like the ramifications that COVID had on learning loss or like how kids behave or the maturity of kids right now. And we feel like they missed something along the way. It's the same thing when we talk about the impact of the COVID era and decline of movie theaters for two years on movie theater goers. Now that theaters are back and like people are actively going to them now, I would agree with you. I think that we forgot how to act in movie theaters. Like we had two and like almost a year and a half to two years of movies almost exclusively coming out on streaming services. And when you're at home, it's acceptable to have conversations with whoever you're watching the movie with. Pause it, talk, or even talk over the movie. Because it's just you and whoever you're watching the movie with in your private home watching the movie. Now... As we've come back, and horror movies have always been problematic with audiences not knowing how to act in a horror movie. Um, man, it's been it's been rough out here. I told her on the ride home, it's like it it is tough to see a horror movie in 2023 in the theaters because people just talk, talk, talk. Or you have some you talked about what you were a douchey teenager seeing the unborn and making jokes the entire time. But I think it's gotten worse. Like we saw smile a few months ago and it was like, 
homeboy thought he was the funniest guy in the room cracking jokes super loud and it's like come on you paid it money to see this movie so did everybody else like please respect everybody else from watching the movie and i i think i was like i saw people coming in i saw teenagers coming in by themselves and i was like and smile no in this movie and i turned to anthony i was like what's this rated and he said pg-13 i was like oh god yes Mm-hmm. And invites like, teenagers in. Uh, my friend who we saw the movie with texted me. He's like, this woman next to me is going to be talking the entire time. Because Not to, to dog on PG-13. It's not that I don't think PG-13 movies aren't a good genre of movie. It's just a horror movie rated PG-13 means that 13-year-olds and, and over can buy a ticket to see this movie without having to have parents present. And I think... So <laughs> the producers knew... That that was something I was going to mention in the in the trivia. Um, the producers knew that this would attract a more teenage audience moving to PG thirteen, and what they saw was dollar signs. You can get you can attract a wider audience with PG thirteen. It appeals to everybody. Um, but man, like the woman sitting next to my friend in the theater, like. She ended up quieting down after a little while, but for the first maybe 15, 20 minutes she of the movie. She was talking and, over and the, the dialogue. She's talking over the dialogue and like trying to have a conversation with the dude sitting next to her, whoever she went to the theater with, and asking like open ended questions. She's like, Would you do that if that was you? And I was like, This is not the time or the and place to be I having get, that like, conversation. Whis- whispering stuff, right? But it's like when there was a lull in the dialogue. I was just about to say a lull. When she yeah. was talking, and I'm like, I thought about that. Up. I was like, I cannot enjoy the suspenseful moment created by the director and producer of this movie because you're talking over the lull in the dialogue where there is no music and it's supposed to have an eerie feeling. When you talk over something that's supposed to be quiet, it impacts the impact of the scene. No, yeah. I I thought I thought about that same word while I was watching the movie. I'm like, whenever there is a lull, that's when I hear this woman talk. And man, I'm going to plea to anybody listening to this podcast that goes to see horror movies like horror movie. Just shut up. Horror movie (laughs) etiquette. Like in a couple of weeks from now, we go in and seeing another horror movie. Just please shut up. (laughs) Shut shut up. up. (laughs) I I told Bree on the car ride home. I'm like, man, the only sounds I want to hear coming out of the mouths of audience members in horror movies is screams screams or laughter because the psychology of horror is often related with comedy. When you get scared at a jump scare, our first reaction is to laugh at ourselves. So laughing is appropriate in horror movies after a jump scare or something but or when the movie is deliberately trying to be funny, as is as was the case in this movie, in multiple scenes that were supposed to be played for comedic effect, um, but yelling out to the screen, trying to make people laugh, like you're not the movie. You're- and I, I told him I was like, I'm worried about going and seeing Scream. Me too. Me too. We saw Scream Five, and it was like the height of Omicron. When so was, not a lot of people were in the like theater. There was like one other dude in the theater with us. So it was perfect. It was perfect. But now, like, we have to deal with it again. And I've had good uh, experiences in horror movie theaters. Like when both Halloween and Halloween Kills, we had very nice experiences of 
people that were having fun in the theater but weren't being jerks, you know, and that's always a fun experience. But then we had like Smile, where it was like a teenager yelling things at the screen thinking they're the funniest person in the room. It's like, dude, shut up. Or this movie where it didn't ruin the movie for me. Smile was very close to being ruined for me. I remember he almost wanted to get up and leave. Yeah, I did because I was not happy that it was it was acceptable for some person to ruin an entire movie for a crowd of people. Um, but ultimately I think the, what the bottom line is like, we need to go back to movie theater etiquette. Also there was a phone that went off. Did you notice that in the, in the theater? Like somebody put their flashlight on from their phone. It's like, dude, put the phone there was away. People sitting in like the, like the cheap seats. Yeah. The yeah. real front. Like when you, that's the last possible place in the theater to fill up because no one wants to do it down there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway. And they were, they were teenagers. It's all of course, teenagers of down there. Um, okay. So let's get down to um, M3gan. M3gan. It opens with... Hang on. It, hang on. Hang on. Oh, he's giving background. Yeah, Sorry. we're giving background. Um, M3gan. Considered a 2022 American science fiction horror movie, did come out in 2023, though, to a wider audience as premiere in Los Angeles in December of 22, but um, opened across the U.S. in January 2023. Um, Directed by Gerard Johnstone, screenplay by Akila Cooper, with story uh, from Akila Cooper and James Wan of Insidious fame. Um. Or no, not Insidious. Uh, did Juan do Insidious? Juan did um, Conjuring, the Conjuring movies. Um, and produced by Jason Blum and his production company, Blumhouse, who's produced uh, multiple horror movies, including the ho- new Halloween uh, trilogy, as well as, the uh, I think, The Conjuring, I think. Um, don't hold him on that. Yeah, don't hold me on that. Starring Allison Williams, Jenna Davis, and Violet McGraw. The movie, as of uh, our recording today, this is the first, the end of the weekend that it came out. Uh, budget was $12 million. It has grossed so far $45 million. So definitely made its money back and probably will start a franchise with many sequels that will drop in quality from the first one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what'd you think? Um, I thought it was okay. Um. I want to get into it because there's I'll expand on why I think it's okay and not like oh it was so great. It is definitely a mix. I went into this movie knowing that people were saying it has comedic elements to it, like it it borders on horror comedy. And I like horror comedy. So do, do I? Do I not love like the later Chucky movies when we get horror comedy is great. Horror comedy is great. It goes hand in hand. But I have to laugh. It has to be funny. Like it has to be. Like, oh, so you're going to be really critical of this movie. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so we open up and we have these two parents in a car. First, we have the... um. Oh, the, the toy. The, the little toy commercial. The, most, the scariest thing is it has human teeth. Like, what do they call it? A perfectimal or something? A per... Animals. I, I can get the name and just. It's a creepy. A, it poops. You feed it online and it poops. I don't know how it gets the f- the poop though, because like, how does it poop if you feed it on through an app? Technology, baby. Um. Anyway, it's supposed to be like your perfect like companion and compatible. It's no, supposed to. I can't remember the name. Um. It has a it camera looks like in a Furby it. almost. Yeah. Like a big Furby. I mean, would I get one? Probably. Yeah, it's adorable. They're adorable. Except Did you notice the name of the company that 
um, is throughout the movie. Funkai. <laughs> like Funko. Yeah. <laughs> Funkai you know? toys. Funkai toys. S- similar to Funko, creator of the Funko Pop Finals, um, who, which I am a avid collector of. So I felt very called out at points of this movie. <laughs> and you get like this toy and then you open up on this couple and they're driving in like the mountains it's snowy and their child is on a tablet with this toy in the back seat and the parents are like it's getting icy out the dad told somebody at the lower part of the mountain that they had four-wheel drive and they don't have four-wheel drive and they didn't put chains on the um the tire so it's very dangerous to be going up a mountain when you don't have four-wheel drive and you don't have chains on your tires and the kid is annoying the parents with the with her toy and they pull over um well they know they don't pull over they stop in the middle of the road and they're having an argument the parents are having an argument the child their child unbuckles they have an argument with her and they buckle her back in and then a snow plow like plows into them Mm -hmm. um then we get like a cutaway of the same day, but live through who we don't know at the time is the um, sister of the woman in the car. And she is the creator of this like weird toy, the weird toy, the perfect, the, the perfectimal or something. something I can't like remember that. what the name is. And she is not only working on that, but she has like her own side project in like the basement where she's trying to make an android like uh, <laughs> like the perfect toy. Yeah. Like something that no other, you're not going to need any other toy but this toy. And it's M3 again, but we don't call it, we don't call it M3 again yet, Megan. (laughs) Well, they, they order like the skin mask and it's like, that's super creepy imagery of just like putting the skin on it. Yeah, yeah. But her boss comes in and he's mad because another company is making a ripoff of their toy. What did you think of the boss character? Can I He had a lisp. No, he had a list. I thought that the guy who played, I thought it was miscast. I don't think that, um, and I, I liked, I appreciate what they were trying to do. And he I had liked, a speech, oh, no, not, not that. He had a speech impediment. Not that exactly, but I thought he was trying too much to be like super hard. <laughs> and it was like, you can tell that this guy doesn't generally play those types of characters. I would assume, I don't know much about this dude's uh, filmography, but I can, kind of uh come to a conclusion that i don't know if it was the direction there was a couple things about the performances from some of the actors in this movie where i was like i don't know if it was the direction that they were given or if it's just like a choice from the actor but i felt like the boss character was trying a little too hard to be tough and angry and mean and it didn't necessarily come off as genuine like trying too hard Yeah, yeah but the boss comes in, he's upset because a company is making like a knockoff version of their product for less money. And he tells her, you need to make this for our product for less money without sacrificing the quality of the product. And so she tries to introduce him to M3 again because he's like, what are you guys working on? I thought I told you to stop doing this project and shelve it. And so they try to show him, but the thing keeps malfunctioning. Because he, because one of the dudes working on it forgets to put like yeah, he forgot an to put a part in. Yeah. Anyway, it explodes, it, and then we cut to she gets a call, and it's 
the call that like her sister and her husband had been in an accident. We find out that her sister and his and her sister's husband have died, and now her niece is an orphan, and she is the next of kin to take like the responsibility of man we were just coming off of a conversation about like maybe not being ready to be parents and allison williams is definitely not ready to (laughs) be a parent in this movie um it's like a big part of the plot and i think it's part of the characterization of Gemma is that she is someone who i don't think ever wants to be one like ever planned on it she's a scientist she like spends a lot of time at work. Like, do you work think is she's a t- good person? I mean, yeah. Like she tries to do what's right. Like I fully believe when she creates M. Thregan, she is trying. But I do think, like for a majority of this movie, she's kind of using her niece and Megan as a stepping stone for her career, something that she can do to elevate her career. But and she it's like, re- she but doesn't she really redeems care. Herself at the end. She does redeem herself. But also like, there's things that she does in this movie that are like, am I supposed to like this character? Like she's mean to the dog and her neighbor's dog. She's mean to her neighbor. And well, her neighbor is a turd. Her, her neighbor is a turd, but she's like, I'm going to put the dog down. I was like, Whoa, like Gemma. Come on. I know. I think that's where they lose you. Because like. You can't just threaten to kill a dog and be the protagonist of a movie that we're supposed to identify with, you know, and we're we're supposed to like. Well, the dog did attack the child. Eventually. Yeah. But we don't know that. Well, they prepare us for that from the very beginning. It's Chekhov's hole in the fence. Chekhov's. (laughs) Let's talk about Chekhov. Chekhov's Bruce. (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot of. We're going to introduce something and then we'll, it will come back later. We're going to introduce something that's going to come back later. Yeah. Like the spooky part of unhooking her from the cables. We're going to come back to that. Um, she becomes uh, her niece's guardian. And I th- it's very difficult to assume guardianship of a child and have to deal with like what emotional trauma is going to come from that we get introduced to the therapist and the therapist kind of explains to her like i just act normal i'm just here to observe you which is really weird that someone's that's their actual like they're someone whose job that is in real life they come so in so are we we're supposed to like they do it a lot be aware with, like, that this job is like okay i need to see like how you guys interact with each other to make sure like this kid doesn't need to go somewhere else mm-hmm because the whole like point of it is we want to make sure that the child is comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I, she's getting mad at me. No, I'm, he always complains that I'm on my phone and he's on his phone. I'm paying attention. Okay. Oh, I. Ooh. ooh <laughs> Contention. Yes. Okay, no, I feel like uh, our roles are shifted a little <laughs> bit. Um, where does it go then? She, they, she introduces okay, I, her. Yeah, so, I mean. There, there's like a lot of little things here and there. Like she, uh, we're, we're Nothing. The, she's mean to the neighbor. The neighbor's kind of a dick, and the neighbor is, uh, um, 
got a dog that's really mean not mean but goes to uh, not trained properly not trained we'll say not trained it looks properly. like it's an outside dog yes it's got a dog house i don't believe in that no i don't either my doggies puppy. belong next to me on the couch yep. snuggling up mm-hmm. getting I all love, comfy cozy i love kaido cuddle time i, I gotta know. tell you i love kaido same cuddles. thing we saw on our way back home a kitty on the side of the road that had been hit by a car and I yelled in the car to Anthony. I said, kitties don't belong outside. First of all, cats are an invasive species. So you're doing something that's detrimental to the environment. Also, cats are bred to be inside pets, not outside pets. We live in an area that has heavy, like, coyote presence. And also, we, are, we have roads where you go, like, 50 miles an hour down. Like, we don't live in, like, a cute little suburb where, like, every single road that surrounds us is, like, a 25 mile an hour. In our little subdivision, it's 25 miles an hour. But you go out of our subdivision and it's, a, like, a 50 mile per hour road. This is not where your, your animals are meant to be off. And so many people, so many people around here lose their cats and their dogs constantly. Mm-hmm. I, I don't let my cat out of my sight. If that cat isn't meowing for me, she doesn't go anywhere near outside. No, I took her outside once when she was a kitten. She shook, she like a leaf, and she did not want to go out again. Yeah, but so, uh, gosh, I want to talk about Allison Williams' performance in this movie for a second. I told Bree on the ride home. I'm gonna sneeze. Hang on. Bless your. <laughs> okay. Bless um, yourself. Alison Williams in this movie, I think, puts on a very weird performance. I feel like the director told her, just act like a human robot. And then when she was like, what does that mean? He said, well, just don't show any emotion. Because she doesn't, she's like monotone and shows no emotion. But I, I argue, is it a human robot or is it a person who's very like work- minded and work focused who's never had to take care of anyone but themselves their entire adult life i think she's fair to try to be comforting and do her do what she can do to parenting doesn't come naturally to everyone yes but i would have appreciated maybe a little bit more characterization of Gemma, where she is like we see a little bit more of her rather than her just always science 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 or uh trying to comfort katie you know um like we never want i don't think we've seen her laugh once in this movie well i think well when she 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 gives a smile and it's like i don't know maybe this isn't the right role for allison williams because she just has a a demeanor that is like a villain (laughs) like she looks like she would play a villain like she played the like in get out for example like i think she played that role perfectly (laughs) i think well she introduces her she feels so bad because she has to take time to finish her project for her boss and her niece comes in and she introduces her to her first robot she made in college bruce bruce and she really likes it and i remember her niece said, if I had a toy like Bruce, I would never need another toy. And Gemma's just like, 
Megan. Like, if she can yeah. get Megan to work, like, this would be the perfect toy. No one would ever need another toy. Like, so she spends a lot of time getting Megan up, but I feel like she rushes to get Megan up. Well, they say that later in the movie, too, that she rushed the learning sequence and didn't really understand the parameters of the uh, she like the, need- co- the code for Megan to continuously learn. She also didn't think of putting a parental control in. She didn't think of putting a parental control in. And uh, there was something with the violence inhibitor or something that they messed up on. Or else I'm wrong about that. No, no violence inhibitor. So she does rush Megan to completion. And when we're introduced to Megan, like, I can immediately from the get go as a viewer be like, this is a bad choice. Well, it it's a bad choice because Gemma creates Megan for a very selfish reason. She doesn't want to be a parent. She doesn't want the responsibility of taking care of Katie. Yeah, so... Megan takes over the parent role. Me- Megan takes over the parent role and connects with Katie like a parent should after a traumatic experience. She this listens. is hence what the, what the therapist says. But... From the get-go, I as a viewer, as a smart as a smart viewer, can look at this and say, okay, and and as a teacher, right? I think we both can look at this and say, this is I this movie's obviously a commentary on children using technology children form attachments so easily. Children form attachments so easily, but if you if you give them something that is in place of human connection, then they're going to struggle with social uh, functioning. They're going to uh, struggle with executive functioning in, in different ways. I think of it as I'm a human being, right? And I had a student who would cry nonstop if I left the room, right? And I'm a real person. Mm-hmm. Imagine it's a toy that could break that you're not supposed to keep forever. I have a question about Megan. Not to change the subject. Can Megan get wet? No. Remember when she got wet? Yeah. At the end of the movie, that's like part of the way they beat Megan is by getting her wet. So like what happens if it rains? Megan better not go outside. Megan don't go outside. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a moment where she's standing in the window and it's raining? I don't remember. Me either. So... I, I can look at this as a viewer and be like, and, and as a teacher and say immediately like, yeah, when you put technology in place of human connection, like you're going to get some issues with children development with children. They take her, like Gemma takes Megan away from Katie and Katie like slaps her heart across the face and almost stabs the therapist with scissors. Yeah, it's unhealthy. Like, give me my toy back. Give me my friend back. Uh-huh. And it's like she's frustrated because instead of forming a connection with her aunt like she was supposed to, she created a codependency on a machine. Yeah. Problems. Problems. Um, it's got bad we, news. We don't get it. really like Megan's fine, a little creepy um, up until. What would you think as a human being walking around our neighborhood if you saw a kid with one of those I'd be like, things? absolutely freaking This thing movie. is Super creepy. Also, it's cost like ten grand. 
Well, the whole thing was like when they start showing Megan off to their boss, he's like, does it cost more or less than it costs to make a Tesla? (laughs) They're like, well, it depends on what kind of Tesla. $10,000. Now. 10 grand a doll. 10 grand a doll. And there are no boy dolls. It's Megan. It's just it's just variations of Megan. So they could have probably made more money if they went with the boy doll, but that's beside the point. Um, um where were we in the continuum? Um, we're not yet at the point where um Megan is created. Megan is created and Gemma is saying, like, look, Megan is there as a companion, there for support, there for teaching. Right, so like, and Megan is paired. Megan is paired with so, the uh, prime user. So, when she first introduces Megan to her boss, it's when she programs Katie and Megan together as the primary user. Uh huh. And then we get Megan to optimize everything. Megan has to spend a lot of time with Katie so that they can, so Megan can continue they, to learn. They keep saying like Megan will get better. And smarter, the more, uh, more she, time she spends with Katie. So th- uh, the way that Allison Williams also markets this is saying like, Megan can identify learning disabilities as well. Megan can teach in place if you're homeschooling a kid. And Megan can provide support, emotional support for the kid. But the way that Gemma uses megan is more in a parenting role like well, they even, call her out on it like what are you there for if, Me- if the doll's the one tucking the kid in at night and well that's what her friend raises all of the concerns she's yeah, her friend brushes it off yeah her friend's like well like what's it's taking over the parent's job like megan's doing a parent's job like what and she's like no that's not what's happening but then Katie gets attacked by the dog. Well, Megan gets attacked first because Megan, um, Katie's playing with a bow and arrow and she asks Megan to find ones because she keeps losing them. And one of them is in the neighbor's yard through that hole. Megan goes into the hole. The dog attacks Megan. Um, but and then, of course, Katie, distraught, goes after her toy and the dog bites her. So I have a question for you. Yes. Does Megan go crazy and start killing and everything as a response to objective that, objective protect katie or is it a response is, to getting bit by the dog or attacked by the dog i don't and something screwed up i don't know technology. if Gem, like Gemma didn't fix megan after that point and there was something she got bit in the neck and they were like sparks flying yes they did make a point to show us the dog biting megan in the back of the neck where isn't that where the uh, the button the off one of the buttons was supposed to be yeah so it's like did she malfunction at that point forward or was it inevitable that she malfunctioned so i don't i didn't know when we wanted to talk about this but i think this is a good time to talk about it this is very similar to don mancini's original child's play vision um when we last year did all the child's play movies we talked about how don mancini originally had this idea for child's play that um chucky and andy were going to be blood bonded so the and uh whenever andy was in trouble or felt bad or sad about something then chucky was going to do whatever chucky can to protect andy 
And it was going to be sort of a play on like Chucky is uh, Andy's aggression coming out or whatever. When they decided to move to a different idea involving Charles Lee Ray and Voodoo, that idea was still sold to the production company, which I I can't remember. I don't think it was Universal. I think it was something before Universal because there's a reason why they can keep making the the Chucky show with Universal and then the Child's Play 2019 um, remake. Oh, God. Let me look it up. Child's Play 2019. It's it's not produced by Universal, I don't think. Um, Child's Play 2019 was produced by Orion Pictures. Orion Pictures, which I believe (coughs) was the original production company of Child's Play until it got moved over to Universal. So I don't think Universal had anything to do with the original Child's Play script, because we thought initially, man, Megan sounds really similar to Don Mancini's original Child's Play script, where Child's Play 2019, the remake, sounded also very similar to the original Child's Play script and had something to do with technology, and Chucky is a doll that malfunctions with the technology. Objective is to protect Andy, and it goes haywire. Great. This is a very similar concept it is. to that. And I But different production companies yeah. ultimately, I think. Um well I told Bree this is a this is Child's Play twenty nineteen, but a better version yeah. of that. Well, Megan malfunctions. Well starts her malfunctioning. She kills the dog. Which is upsetting, but you know his dog parents can't watch that stuff oh no anymore. i closed my eyes can't watch it and anymore. you don't even see anything but you hear a squeal and i can't and um then like katie has to go to school because Gemma cannot homeschool her like her parents decided to do and she's like well megan can teach me and Gemma's like no you're gonna go to school i think this is where we start seeing like Gemma starting to come to that realization of like, okay, Megan is kind of taking over that parental role and it is maybe getting a little unhealthy. It's the amount of time she's spending. It's after the the social worker says something to her about Mm -hmm. it. This is all happening afterwards. And, um, so she takes her to this like alternative school, like around the woods, they're out in the woods and there's like a boy and he's no good. Yeah. He tells his mom to F off. Yeah. It's like f off carol or something like that and i was just like <laughs> my kids say that once. but there are moments in this movie that are played for like comedic effect so our audience like busts out laughing at that part um our audience busts out laughing in the beginning commercial also, our audience busts out laughing when Megan starts singing Titanium. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't cry. Shoot me down, but I won't fall. I am Titanium. Good night, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's um there's a moment at the end of the movie where Megan's in the house playing piano. Did you catch the song that she was no. playing? Um Toy like Toy Soldiers. Uh, God, I can't remember who originally does the song. Eminem uses the backtrack to that song. Um, she goes to this alternative school and she doesn't want to go without Megan. And Gemma's like, no, Megan is like worth 
like thousands of dollars yeah also like, like n- not many people can like actually see megan because we haven't like we don't own, we haven't uh uh premiered megan yet and she's like okay i'll i'll stay Gemma's like i'll stay and make sandwiches with the pa- other parents and the deal is megan has to stay on the toy table and katie's like fine but katie gets paired up with this no good boy for like a woods like hunt thing and he's mean. He like put something sharp in her palm. And Megan, being able to read people, knows this boy's up to no good, doesn't trust him alone with Katie. She follows them. And the boy's like, what's that? Oh, that's my, to- my toy robot, Megan. He's like, why won't you play with me? He's like, because I'm the primary user. She won't play with you. And Megan ends up doing some crazy. He steals Megan. And he, like, gets on top of her to, like, and, like, starts hitting her and punching her. And she kind of goes, you shouldn't do that. And grabs his ears and, like, rips them off. She rips off, she rips off one of the ears. Now, this is what I wanted to talk about with you. They sacrificed the blood and gore and, like, violence of the movie for the PG-13 rating. They said we would rather it be a little more jump scary or just creepy rather than gory and keep that PG-13 rating. Do you think that was used properly? No, there should have been way more gore at this point. I was also thinking that. I was also... She ripped his ear off. I'm not... Listen, I... The head bleeds, like, so freaking much. Um, Take this from someone who got hit in the head with a baseball bat. Like, the head bleeds a lot. I'm not generally a fan of, like over gratuitous but this is under gore and hot i so we go back to every podcast we go back to halloween the gold standard right this is a uh a jump scary tense tension building creepy movie doesn't use blood really but it pulls it off because the movie is genuinely scary right because like those that tension building is enough megan i think for as good as it is falls in that respect where it's like if you're gonna not use blood and you have to build up so much if you're gonna swing you better not miss right and i feel like they missed a little they missed a little it needed more gore because it wasn't as tension building exactly so like you can do the no gore thing because we already feel that megan is creepy there is no building up to it it's not we already feel it's Megan not is child creepy. play one. It's not child play one where you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. Child's and you're play waiting. one didn't have a lot of gory either. I but don't no, remember. I'm telling you, it's not child's play one where it keeps you guessing and guessing and guessing and guessing and guessing yes. and guessing. And then it explodes and we finally see the doll is alive. This doesn't do that. We know the doll is creepy. We saw it kill the dog. Mm-hmm. So there is no tension building anymore. Yeah. The doll kills the dog like almost like right away. We already know this doll is capable of doing something but bad. I think they would have really been copying Child's Play if they did do the storyline of like, is it Megan or is it Katie? You know, if they had built that up, then it really would have been copying off of Child's Play. So when they go in a different direction with it and they're, they very, obvi- they're very obvious about it. Yes, this is Megan. We're not playing with you. There's something wrong with this doll. You didn't do... 
I hate pooping on it. It, I hate needed, to be, on it needed to be a rated R movie. It needed to be a rated R movie for it to fully get the to to get to where it wanted to be. To be scarier. Yes. Because they said, uh, Jason Blum says, we thought that we would focus more on making the movie scary and less gory. Because gore doesn't necessarily mean scary. And a lot of people online were saying, PG-13 movie, um, PG-13 horror movie doesn't work. Yes, it does. Uh, Jason Blum cites Drag Me to Hell. Sam Raimi's Drag Me to Hell. It was Insidious. Insidious is PG-13, I believe. You can do it. You just have to do it right. You have to rely more on tension building and scariness rather than gore. Sam Raimi, I don't know how the hell he got away with uh, a PG-13 drag me to hell for as much bile and vomit and grossness was in that movie. Yeah, Insidious was PG-13. Frightening movie, Insidious. Exactly. You can have an effective horror movie that's PG-13. There's nothing that says you can't. Like I said, if you swing, you better not miss, right? Because... Megan, I don't think, and it is a good movie, and I liked it. I liked it too. I, I don't I'm not think that gonna it did. shit on this movie. I think it was done. It did a good job. I just don't, and I'll they say they didn't it, spend enough time on making it scary. They made it creepy. Megan's creepy, but I think like to emphasize Megan's threat to everything, we needed to see the gore. Right, like she ripped off this boy's ears and it was just like a little bit of blood coming or down like, his face uh th- she kills somebody with a pressure washer like a power and we washer. get like some blood we don't see it it's like it looks like water because it's dark but you could tell it's blood washing down the drain she stabs somebody and slices somebody's throat we don't really see what happens you know i feel like the movie would have benefited a little bit more from seeing the deaths happen and nor- normally i don't take that stance and but- get megan like she kills two guys in an elevator and she doesn't have any blood on her oh yeah to make her creepier have her in like her dress have some blood on it we already know she's killing people so does um Gemma. so when she arrives at the house at the end like have her be intimidating scary like the scariest we get with megan is when her face is like when she starts Broken getting in. when she starts getting beat up and and kind of disfigured by Gemma at the end of the movie, similar to that first Child's Play movie, right? When they just like burn Chucky alive and then cut his head off. What and- is scary is when uh, toward at the end of the movie, the half because um, Katie with with the help of what's his name Bruce Bruce rips. Megan in half to try to stop her from killing her aunt. <laughs> um, she, Megan crawls and gets up to Katie and she's like, um, you ungrateful. We can get there. We'll get there. Yeah. But there, there are moments in the last act in the movie that when, when Megan is fully embraced being the villain of this movie and is kind of um, out, you know, for her own thing. She's there. She has no primary user anymore. Then we start to get some of the horror elements at play. Like when Megan gets water thrown on her and is malfunctioning and like can't walk properly and is like contorting a little bit as she walks. That's scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when Megan gets ripped in half and is crawling. The first that's the top scary. Half is crawling. That's scary. 
when Megan's like deformed after having her fight with Gemma. That's scary. But like for the first two acts of this movie, when we're building up to that, you're not building the tension enough to where that effectively is terrifying to the audience. Similarly to Halloween, like you are Halloween did a good job of building, 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 building so that that last act of the movie is genuinely scary and you're on the edge of your seat. This one tries. It tries. Like it's- it gives it a good effort. It doesn't reach that yet. Like at the last act of the movie, while I liked it, I didn't feel as though it was genuinely a, a scary thing to see because they didn't p- build it up enough in the first two acts of the movie. Where it's like in Halloween, those subtle little hints that you see of Michael Myers like standing across somewhere. When you finally get to see him in action in that last act, then it's terrifying. Yeah, so she rips off this boy's ears and then he kind of like trips over himself and into the road and gets hit by a car. Gets slammed, yeah. Um, Which they should have showed that, I think, in a little bit more Yeah, you know, all you see detail. is like a skid mark. Ugh. Missed opportunity. And then Megan kills the neighbor. And this is when Gemma realizes that Megan might be killing people. Yeah, because the cop's like, well, I'm not insinuating that you did anything, but I'm just saying that, that other one two people died in your presence. And what the boy, we found a piece of his ear away from the scene, and we th- now we might be investigating it as a homicide mm-hmm. and not as an accident. Yeah. So... She starts to believe that Megan is maybe murdering people and she tries to look at the cloud. The and videos from Megan's eyes that she's always taken video. Yeah. Um, Megan uh, is erasing those. She's corrupting the files. And she's corrupting files. And that's a clue enough for Gemma to be like, I don't think we can move forward with Megan. But then there's like creepy moments. And I know I was like pooping on the, the tension building and stuff. But this, uh, I think, is a good example of good tension building. It's like now that we know that Megan is a little bit corrupted, she, when she has that conversation with Gemma, when Gemma's like, Megan, I think that it's it's over. And she, Megan goes, no, I think that we need to continue this conversation. It's like, OK, now she's being defiant. And to get Megan back to the lab, she goes, Megan, look at this pen and turns her off. Did you have you seen the movie I Robot? No. With Will Smith. It's about um uh, the in a world where robots are, you know, integrated into society that a robot kills somebody and they're trying to investigate whether the robot actually did commit the murder and there's a a, a moment in the movie where they're interrogating the robot and the robot slams its hands on the desk and goes, "I did not murder him." And it's like, whoa, this robot just showed emotion. <laughs> whoa. Yes. And it's the same. Alarming. It's kind of the same feeling with Megan. It's like, whoa, okay, now this robot's in business for herself. So they, she kind of ties up Megan and brings her back to the lab. And she's talking to her, like her coworkers about what's going on. And they're like, that's not possible. And she's like, no, I really think that Megan is hurting people. They're like, oh, but she has like protocol where she's not supposed to hurt anyone. I was like, but what if her primary objective is to keep Katie safe? What's her name? Katie. Katie, yeah. Katie safe. And the only way Megan can do that is perceiving to kill people. That's the Ultron. 
problem, right? Like when the Avengers, when Tony Stark creates Ultron, the primary goal for Ultron is to protect the world. Well, then Ultron corrupted says the only way to protect their humans are causing the destruction of the world. The only way to protect the world is to kill all humans. Yikes. Um, <laughs> don't mess with AI. Then we get understand. like the scene where Katie wants Megan and slaps her her um wants to kill it almost kills her therapist with the scissors and slaps her and across the face and then her aunt like for the first time since getting this child is like no you're supposed to feel these emotions mm-hmm. like it is okay to feel this way So like but you just got to manage it she's like but megan is not going to make these feelings go away like you need to be feeling this way you lost your parents like the the relationship you have with Megan where you're not feeling these emotions is unhealthy. Like you need to be feeling this way. And the niece is kind of like, okay. And they, she and, gets it. And she know. gets it. Like, I think she, the niece is like, yeah, I need to feel this way. Cause that's a part of being human. And Gemma and the niece leave. And like, it's kind of like Gemma deciding my job is not more important. Than so my no, we're at, we're at a point, And I think we missed this where, the company is all in on Megan and they're like, we need to fast track this out because we don't want anybody leaking the blueprints. We don't want anybody to top us to build this thing before we're ready to get it out there. So we're going to fast track it and we're going to premiere this thing for the world to see at the launch. And when Gemma brings Katie and oh, we missed the, the one scene where they are demonstrating Megan to all of the, uh, yeah, she the talks CEOs about divorce and, and the, Megan, Megan and Katie go like off the rails and it, Megan's like comforting Katie and it causes all the executives to like cry and everything. And then they're like, yeah, we need to fast track this. So they're at this launch and, uh, Gemma brings Megan and Katie back to, uh, well, this to- is also, this is where it's like some Gemma is bringing, Megan there because they have to fix her. They have to fix her before the launch. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, something's wrong with this thing. Um, so right now we're at this set piece. of Like it's like an hour or two before like the launch. And Gemma has decided that her, her niece is more important than Megan. And they leave. But they leave Megan with the two other like scientists. Te- technicians. Yeah. Techni- scientific technicians that were working on Megan and in the building right before like the, the things going they hook on Megan up to like their system and then their they're computer trying, shuts down. Yeah. They're trying to get into her, like her camera, like the cameras and stuff. Yeah. And figure out why her but, learning input. Yeah. And they're trying to figure out what's what happened. And they're she's like, Oh able- no, Megan's in the system. Like we need to unhook her from the system. But if we do that, like we could die. <laughs> and so they unhook her from the system and they're able to see. But then that's, that's like an even more terrifying notion is that like Megan can control the technology around her, right? Megan can manipulate voices. She can copy voices. She can call people or answer phone calls. Even though she's not hooked up to the technology, she can drive a car herself. Like she can interface with all this technology around her, which is again something that they tried to do with Child's Play 2019. It just didn't work as well as it works here. But that is such a terrifying thing. Is like when you mess with AI, and we have a whole world that is tech- technology based, AI based. What can an AI do? What can an AI do? AI can be anywhere. It was in Age of Ultron. That was the same thing with Ultron. Ultron. If you destroy an Ultron body. 
the AI just goes into the net. If you destroy Chucky in Child's Play 2019, well, Chucky's in the cloud, baby. Megan can interface with any kind of technology there. Doesn't necessarily need a, she's in the cloud, baby. a body. She's in the cloud, baby. Yeah, we're all in the cloud. Um, And so Megan, at that point, tries to kill both those technicians. Um, Gets out. Does this weird like dance sequence that everyone laughs at. And why did she do that? Because the guy, fi- the the boss finds her in the hallway as she's trying to leave. And he's like, oh, Megan, what are you doing here? She starts dancing. And he's like, OK. And she does like a flip and grabs like the paper slicer yeah. thing. And she goes and like chases after him and stabs him. As he's entering the elevator with the guy who stole the inf- the code and all the information about Megan. And Megan's like, I didn't kill him. You killed him because you stole these files. Like she knew he stole her files. Mm. Like because she is everywhere. She's the internet. She's the internet. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> she knows all. And so, and then she also kills him. She gets out, leaves the elevator People find that. Everyone's freaking out. Um, Megan gets into a car. She's able to get into any random car and drive it. And then she ends up back. She's not driving the car. She's commanding the car to just drive. Yes. And (laughs) we get back. We flash back to Gemma's putting Katie to sleep at home. She's in the hallway and she hears like music. And she says to her robot that controls her whole house. "Um, Hallway lights on and they don't go on. So she knows that Megan's in the house. Because one to her computers don't work, it's because Megan's there. Yeah. Um, they have this epic like scene of like Megan you, Megan's like, I'm not gonna kill you because then I would lose Katie. She's like, I know that my access to Katie is dependent on you being alive. She's like, uh but if they don't want Megan doesn't want Katie seeing, so Megan is like um basically off the rails right now. She's in business for herself. And she tells uh, Gemma, like, if you make one, if you no, if, she, if comes she walks in this, in this room, I swear to God, I'm going to rip your head off. <laughs> and it's like that kind of language coming out of a robot means that have we passed the Turing test? You know, like, is this robot, is it? Is it sentient? Is it sentient? Yeah. You know, um, and that's, that's scary, too, when you talk about hey, some ex machina shit, where it's like, can we distinguish the robot from the human. Does a robot know that it's a robot? Yeah. Megan knows it's a robot, but it's talking like a human. <laughs> and then we get the, the the battle scenes and Katie walks in as they are battling. And and Megan's like, you can help me. Megan throws the water or Noah. What's her face? Gemma throws the water on her. She does like a creepy contortionist, like scary, That's scary. demon walk. And she gets like, she gets hit across the face. Hair ripped out. Hair ripped out. Then Katie walks in, sees what's going on. And Megan tries to appeal to Katie. But Katie turns on her using the. The gauntlets. The robot. Yeah. Rips her in half. And then we get the, you ungrateful bitch. Well, Katie, and you know, I think like 
when we have movies like this, the kids always get a one-liner where like, remember in Child's Play when Andy says, this is the end, friend. (laughs) You know, every kid gets a one-liner. Katie gets a one-liner when she activates Bruce and she's like, you forgot one member of the family. Yeah. Like Dom Toretto over here. And she rips her in half and she comes up to her and is like, you ungrateful thing. And so she's like, Megan, turn off. And she's like, you're not the primary user anymore. I am. Well, then Megan says something like stuff to Gemma, like, oh, please, aren't we like past that? When Megan tries to or uh, Gemma tries to do the uh, the pen thing to her. So, like, I think Megan has passed the Turing test at this point. I think she's sentient. And I think like if you would put Megan, I think Megan would confuse humans, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, they do defeat Megan. They rip her in half. She's still alive. They, they, um, they rip her skin off. She's still alive. They have to. They stab her right through her interface. Mm-hmm. Her brain. The brain of the. Which robot. they establish earlier in the movie. When that they talk about Bruce. The yeah. Yep. And we end with they're walking out. The police are there. The paramedics are there with the two other people that she worked on the robot with. And we get the creepy house robot blinks turns on and moves towards indicating that megan's in the cloud baby yeah that it might not be over it might not be the end so do you think we'll get a sequel we might we might it's possible what if we get a sequel and there's like a boy version of megan morgan megatron (laughs) (laughs) anyway as the title of our so well we we were talking about a sequel and we're like well then what happened like that subplot kind of like little thing in there where the dude steals the blueprints like, yeah like get out anywhere the thing is we could have a sequel where another company makes megan, megan. yeah and the same okay and she's in the question. cloud and she regains her consciousness i was just about to say that too like yeah megan can just go into like a different body it's like same thing what happens in all the child's play movies is like when you reconstruct the good guy doll yes um so I was going to ask you a question, but I forgot what it was going to be. And the more I talk, the more I forget it. Um, I was going to ask, oh, would you have rather, so we talked about like, is Megan malfunctioning because of the bite from the dog? Or is this just Megan is learning so much and becoming like sentient as she goes along? What would you rather it be? I think it would, it would be scarier if she just becomes more sentient as she comes along. That's the one I. That's the thing I choose to believe of this movie is that that initial bite did not cause the malfunction. No, it just roughed her up a little bit. But the 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 cynic in me is like that could be when she first started to malfunction because that is when she started. Something happened with her eye too. Because that noticed in that scene. Yeah, because that is something that. Like it did, all the bad stuff started happening after that moment. Like Megan was fine. I think that's what they want us to believe. But I, I would choose to believe that it was just Gemma screwed up and put the learning thing, the learning software or whatever, the uh, coding in without double checking it. And Megan just keeps learning and learning and learning. And that becomes what, you know, corrupts her. I choose to believe that is. This, that's the scarier thing, you know. Yeah, it is the scary AI thing. just getting screwed up. So I have to ask you, how scary is it? If we're on a 10-point scale. We are on a 10-point scale. 
How scary scary is it? I thought that the movie for the first two acts didn't really have a lot of creepy or scary moments, but that third act does. Megan itself is creepy, like the the doll. And I appreciate it. I told Brie, I'm like, I would love to know like when Megan was played by a human and when Megan was like just a doll or a puppet that was on screen. Uh, I think that they did a good job of like getting the robotic motions down. uh, So like it didn't look entirely human as it walked, but that's creepy. I think... Can I ask your score first before I give a score? No, I always give my score first. Oh, no. Ugh, this is bad. What did I give? I gave X a 5.5. And you gave Creep a a 5.8. No, you gave it a 5. I gave it a 6.3. I have given this movie a score. Would you like me to tell you my score? No, I, I think I have one floating around in my head. 4.3 that's my score really yeah i re- i have it circled oh wow a 4.3 cool i'll write it down <clears throat> i think it could have been scarier and of course like it's good it's good, it's good movie it's good you should you should if you're listen if you listen to this whole thing and you heard me recount this entire movie i think they were they are like limited they limited themselves with a pg-13 rating yes because they didn't been... they didn't write a scary enough movie Without the P with the PG with the PG thirteen, but I feel like they could have had a scarier film. Have they? Should they they had notched up the the gore a bit more, and should they have done a little bit more uh, tension building or scary moments in the second act of the movie? There's so much more scary things you could have done with technology and Megan taking over technology in the first couple acts. Better be a scary ass sequel, right? If to make it scarier with a PG thirteen rating, you could have done scarier stuff with technology. Should we start? Okay, I have a I, off the cuff here, and you tell me yes or no. Okay, we have it's so the podcast. How scary is it? Mm-hmm. So we rate how scary is it? Yes, in ten point scale. Should we also juxtapose that with how good is it? <laughs> no, because it's not how good is it podcast. It's how scary. I know, is it but podcast. I feel like if people listen to this, they're going to think, oh, they gave it a 4.3 and they're shitting on the movie. You no, know? it's a good movie. I'm telling you now, it's a good movie. It's just not very scary. Can I read you a piece of trivia that is... Uh, it's good to know based on a previous conversation that we had. Sure. And we did bring this up a few weeks back. Um, Megan is one of the first Hollywood films in the last 45 years to be released in January and obtain a fresh Rotten Tomatoes score. Traditionally, films released on the first Friday in January, especially horror films, have generally received negative reviews. We talked about that. Uh-huh. We were worried about going and seeing this movie. And I feel like I, when I heard that last time on our last when we did the unborn i was like oh no i'm worried about megan but i actually enjoyed megan i thought megan was good i feel like it was definitely scarier than like the unborn uh yeah unborn i almost gave a zero to um (laughs) it's definitely it's scarier than like 
But what I'm going back to. Is it scarier than the remake of Child's Play? Yeah, I think so. Yes. It is. I would probably rate that this even higher than that. Is it scarier than a lot of horror movies? I just don't want us to be too critical. So it's not a bad movie. It's just not a scary one. I think this is. Yeah. I don't want people to get confused with our scary rating versus us thinking if the movie's good. Because I'll tell you if a movie is good or not. Like this is a good movie. It's just not very scary. And the title of our podcast isn't how good is the movie. It's how scary is the movie. I'm going to be honest with you and say it's not a very scary movie. But it was a good movie and I enjoyed it and I would go see it again. And maybe I would even purchase this movie to, to you know, show people because we have a couple of movies that we own on DVD uh-huh. that we would put on in our home when people come and visit because we're weirdos. And instead of watching like a normal movie, put on scary movies for our guests. <laughs> uh, yeah, I um, Gosh, what was I going to say? I I. I I can tell you what I appreciated out of this movie. Um, what I appreciated out of Meg Thregan, me M Thregan. I wrote it as M Thregan. M Thregan. Um, I appreciated the creativity that I went know, with it was this. Fresh. It, it, it felt, does feel like, even though I feel like I did see a worse version of this movie in Child's Play 2019, like it's it, was, it, it was, still felt it felt like a fresh thing, and that's because maybe Child's Play 2019 was. Um, just generally forgettable and like didn't do anything but to like that movie wasn't a new idea like the good guy doubt already existed this is a brand new idea this is not a small like doll this is like a life-size humanoid doll this is meant to be much like a human person yeah like it's a fresh idea i appreciated that the movie didn't take itself too serious and it had something to say exactly yeah it, it was a commentary on letting your child like i think be that it, it, with balanced, technology. it balanced the horror and comedic elements very well together and i think some horror movies that have comedic elements either go too far with it I, i'm looking at you see to chucky and i some think some is the perfect balance some is the perfect balance i'm looking at you bride of chucky you know or evil dead or evil dead yeah like i want funny but i also want it to be terrified Mm-hmm. I think that it balanced it very well and it shows that you can still have a, a somewhat scary movie and be a little bit funny. I would say like Evil Dead 2, for example, is not a very scary movie. It's still a very good movie and it's a funny movie. You, and I think that there's hor- room for both of those yeah, things. Yeah, when you're a horror movie, we are like, I'm not always looking to be the most terrified I've ever been. Right? Like when we went and saw Smile, I was I was scared. <laughs> that would rank that would rank, I think, higher on the scary scale, but lower on the good scale. Like it was a okay movie, but I was scared. Like mm-hmm. I like Like if we if I was to put Megan on a good scale from Like it has a higher 10, good I would, movie. I would scale. maybe put it as like a a six eight or something like that. Yeah, it's definitely a better movie than it is scary. Mm-hmm. Whereas like I'm thinking about what's a really scary. I think movie. we got to do the good scale. You you don't have to. I'm gonna though. I, I, I got to start doing this because I don't movie. want people. I don't want people to think like I'm just poo pooing on movies all the time. No, I'm I not. like. I love movies. How scary is it? Not very. Not very. But it was a good movie. Sure. Um, great. Got anything else? Not that I could think of. I want to 
a wind down tonight. Gonna, you know, sit in my gym jams. Yep. Take a shower. I have work tomorrow. <laughs> Fart noise. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Raspberry. <laughs> gonna clean off my phone because I got mystery goop on it. Gonna do that. Cool. Gonna uh, pack Kaido. Yeah. So, um, again. We are still working on those social medias. You can blame <laughs> my husband as he is very bad at getting those transferred. You over might me. as well just make a new account. How scary is it with me and me in charge? There's gonna be a bunch of pictures of me. I'll go for it. And, and <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I took a bunch of pictures of our dog today. Anyway. <laughs> um, so keep out look out for that. You can always Email us our same email at stillreviewpodcast1 at gmail.com. We haven't switched that over yet. We probably just have to come up with a different email. Yeah, I, who cares? Um, you can follow our RSS feed is still review podcast. I can't change it, so it's going to stay like that. <laughs> um, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at GLDTV1. I made a funny joke about the House of Representatives the other day. Go ahead and retweet that. <laughs> And if you want to get a hold of me, like you need to program an interface that can handle this personality. It's totally awesome. <laughs> I am titanium. It's going to be Brie, but B-R-I-3. <laughs> B-R-I-3. Because I spell my name with an E at the end because... It just makes sense that way. Like the cheese. Like the cheese. I When I introduce myself, I'm like, hi, my name is Brie, like the cheese. <laughs> I do that. Like, <laughs> that's how I introduce myself. Did I introduce you, myself to your parents that way? No, I don't think so. Or they asked how to spell it. Yes. You, then you said like the cheese. Like the cheese, because they did put on my stocking, B-R-I, and then they added an E later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aw, I love your family. We didn't do stockings this year. Nope. We didn't do a lot of things this year. Not at my parents' house either. We didn't do stockings. Revolt. Revolt. All right. Let's wrap this thing up. So uh, we'll be back next week with uh, something. I don't know what, but something. Uh, It's my turn to pick. I got a list of movies that are on on my radar, including The Invitation that's on Netflix. Um, The Menu is also one that's on my radar. Pearl is uh something on my list and creep 2 i don't want to get into pearl and creep 2 too early because i don't want to i am because pearl was ranked on letterbox as like the highest rated horror movie of 2022 i know but i don't want to get into series and like franchises yet okay because we have a tendency to like go go overboard (laughs) go off the rails remember we did like a bunch of franchises last year anyway and then people got mad at me Right, well, you, you do too much. You got to do something different. I'm like, well, we're doing the whole franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, thank you for listening. This is How Scary Is It with... My name's Anthony. And I'm Bree. And we'll be back next week. Don't forget to find us anywhere you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're on a bunch of different things. Rate us five stars. And we will see you next week. Cue music. 